Welcome to Torat Imecha, Nach Yomi with the OU Women's Initiative. My name is Leah Herzog, and today we will be studying Sefer Amos, Perik Tet, the Book of Amos, Chapter 9. This is the last chapter of the Sefer. The beginning of Perik Tet, Chapter 9, picks up with the previous one left off, more prophecies of doom and destruction all delivered in the hopes that B'nai Israel will really listen, take Amos's words to heart, and do Teshuvah. Pasuk Aleph, verse 1, is more ominous than anything we have heard before. Ra'iti et Hashem nitzav al hamizbeach vayomer, hach ha-kaftor v'yir'ashu ha-sifim, u'bitza'am berosh kulam, v'achritam becherev aharog, lo yanus lahem nos, Lo lehem palit. I saw Hashem standing on the altar, and he said, Strike at the capitals so that the thresholds quake, and make an end of the first of them all, and I will slay the last of them. By the sword not one of them shall escape, and not one of them shall survive. Abarbanel explains that this prophecy concerns the southern kingdom and the Beit HaMikdash, the holy temple. While Amos's prophecies have, until now, been directed at the northern kingdom, this one is also directed at the south. He is seeing things that are still more than 150 years off. Hashem is standing over the Mizbeach, the altar. He is personally overseeing the final destruction, speaking to the Malach HaMashchit, the angel of destruction, and commanding him to initiate the Churban, the final and total destruction of the temple, and the exile of Bnei Yisrael to Babel, to Babylon. According to the Midrash in Vayikra Rabbah, this Kaftor, this capital that is being cut down, is actually King Yoshiahu, the righteous king at the time of Yirmiyahu. His death in battle marked the beginning of the final end. There is an interesting discussion around the word bitsa'am in verse 1. The simple reading seems to indicate a splitting, in this case of a building support, that will lead to the building's ultimate collapse. Malbim, however, explains that the split was amongst the people themselves. When Hoshea ben Elah, another king of the northern kingdom, removes the roadblocks to Jerusalem and allows people to travel there, some of the people in the north are angry. There is a small civil war, the result of which that Hoshea ben Elah is betrayed to the Assyrian king, jailed and executed. This then leads to the final destruction of the northern kingdom and the exile of the ten tribes. There is no escaping the final destruction and devastation, as Psukim Bet and Gimel verses 2 and 3 relate. Im yachteru b'she'ol misham yadi tikachem, ve'im ya'alu hashamayim misham oridem. If they burrow down to the grave, from there my hand shall take them, and if they ascend to the heaven, from there I will bring them down. Im yachbe'u b'rosh ha'karmel misham achapes ve'lekachtim, ve'im yisatru minegede nai b'karka hayam, misham atzave et anachash v'nashchem. 
If they hide on the tops of the Carmel, there I will search them out and seize them. And if they conceal themselves from my sight at the bottom of the sea, there I will command the serpent to bite them. These verses are a tragic opposite to Hashem's promise to us at the, at the end of Sefer Devarim, the book of Deuteronomy. Im if your outcasts are at the end of the earth, from there Hashem will gather you, and from there He will fetch you. The people can and will try to hide in deep caves on mountaintops, in fortresses, in palaces, and even overseas. No matter where they are, the serpent, the long, twisting, and relentless vehicle of destruction will reach them. Pasuk Dalid tells us that even when we are already captive and in exile, Hashem will keep punishing us. And the message is clear. No matter where you are, Hashem will find you and carry out His judgments on you. It was commonly believed at that time that a God's power only extends to the border of the land where the God lives. If a person leaves that land, especially if they are conquered or exiled, their God is rendered powerless. Amos is telling the people, and us, that this is not so. Amos has said before, Hashem is the creator of all and the ruler of all. He can rule anywhere and everywhere for his blessings and for his punishments. And as Amos says in Pasuk Vav, verse 6, Habonei shamayim me'aloto v'agudato el aretz yisada. He who built his chambers in heavens and who founded his vault on earth, who summons the waters of the sea and pours them over the land, his name is Hashem. This verse takes us all the way back to Bereshit, the beginning of the world. The first thing that Hashem did was to create or light and separate it from the darkness. The next thing that he did was to separate the heavenly and earthly waters so that the earth was able to emerge. The universe was created for us, humans, so that we could honor Hashem and emulate his ways. But when the world became full of Hamas, the complete corruption and immorality and disregard for other people, Hashem let the waters, the flood waters of the Mabul, recover the earth. And while Hashem promised not to destroy the world again by a, by a flood, He has the power to destroy it in any way He wants. And He can and He will destroy B'nai Yisrael as they currently are. The destruction and the exile and the eventual near loss of the tribes that inhabited the northern kingdoms, the ones now referred to the northern tribes, will be together with the exile and the destruction of the southern tribes, Yehuda and Binyamin. Mercifully and happily, the Sefer does not end there. The last psukim give us hope. Pasuk Zion, verse 7, is still somewhat ambiguous in its meaning. The verse begins as follows. Halo kivnei kushim atem li b'nei Yisrael neum Hashem. Hello et Yisrael he'eleti me'eretz Mitzrayim. Behold, like the Kushites you are to me, B'nai Yisrael, says Hashem. Behold, Israel, that I took out of the land of Egypt. 
This verse can be understood either negatively or positively. One can read this as a rebuke. You, B'nai Israel, are like the Kushim, the son of Ham, Noach's immoral and uncompassionate son. Saying that B'nai Israel are like Kush is an insult. On the other and, and Pasuk Chet continues with this when it says that Hashem will wipe out the sinful kingdom from the face of the earth, even though in a last-minute caveat, he will not wipe it out entirely. The Abarbanel, on the other hand, reads this Pasuk, Pasuk Zion, verse 7 and verse 8, differently. In his view, the word Kushim is a euphemism. It is a euphemism for exceptional, outstanding, the same euphemism used for Tzipora, Moshe's wife. She was an extraordinary, unmistakable beauty. And so too, B'nai Yisrael are outstanding and extraordinary. Therefore, we read the Pasuk as follows. Are B'nai Yisrael not my outstanding ones, the ones that I delivered from Egypt? This reading gives the Pasuk, the verse, a totally different connotation. And it also attaches itself to the ones that follow. The sinful kingdom that Hashem will wipe out is not B'nai Yisrael. Rather, it is the enemy, the tormentors, and the conquerors. Galut, exile, is definitely a punishment, the ultimate consequence of sinning and thus defiling the land. As the Torah tells us, the land will vomit out its inhabitants when we, B'nai Yisrael, are impure because of our sins. When we are out of Israel, we lose the ability to do all of the mitzvot tluyot pa'aretz, the commandments that only exist in Israel, such as Shemitah, the sabbatical year. We also lose all of the mitzvot, all of the commandments associated with the mikdash, the temple, and purity and impurity. Almost half of the tractates of the Mishnah have to do with the temple, with the laws of purity, impurity associated with its service, and commandments that are only relevant in Israel. Perhaps even more devastating is that we lose our autonomy, our independence, our self-determination, and our freedom. As history has shown us, we are tremendously vulnerable to the most horrific cruelties of our, rule, of our rulers. Behold Dor Vador in every generation, Omdimalenu Lechalotenu, they the nations of the world rise up to destroy us. Ironically, exile also protects us. The Ibn Ezra explains that were we to be together in one place and were we to be under the rule of a cruel ruler in that place, we could be totally wiped out. Pasuk Ted, verse 9, speaks of us being moved around the nations like sand or grain in a sieve. And when the sieve is shaken, the bigger pieces stay in. The Pasuk tells us that no stones or large grains will fall through the holes. There will be smaller ones that do. There will be people who will be oppressed and will die in exile. However, even in exile, Hashem will watch over us and make sure that we, as a nation, survive. Faith in Hashem's Hashkacha, His providence, is a key factor. 
verse 10 defines sinners as those that don't believe that punishment will happen. And the Malbim explains that what makes someone a sinner is not accepting, not truly understanding that everything is from Hashem, whether they are bad things or good things. We cannot know anymore what is punishment and what is consequence, or what is a necessary purification and a healing process. What we must know, however, is that the hand of Hashem is part of everything that happens to us as a nation. Pasuk Yudalev verse 11 contains the words that are familiar to us from song and from the benching on Sukkot. Bayom hahu akim et sukkat David hanofalet, vegadarti et pirtsotehen, veharisotav akim, ubenitiha kime olam. In that day I will set up the fallen booth of David, I will mend the breaches, and I will set its ruins anew. I will build it as firm as in the days of old. Hashem personally will put up David's fallen sukkah, the Beit HaMikdash, the holy temple, and Hashem himself will re-establish the protection of us. As the ruin that has occurred as a result of destruction is devastating, it shall be built in a magnificent way. Our former status as an autonomous nation in our own land, free to serve Hashem, will be restored. And all those things that make us vulnerable, both physically and spiritually, will be fixed. The next verse continues by telling us that we will defeat the nations of Edom, the embodiment of cruelty which Chazal later identified as Rome. And even though it is Ashur, Assyria, and then Babel, Babylonia, that causes the destruction and exile in the time of the first temple, it is Rome that causes us two millennia of trauma. Pasuk Yud Gimel, verse 13, opens again with the words, Hine yamim ba'im, Behold the days will come. As opposed to the last time that that phrase was used, when it augured the lack of prophecy and the confusion and grief that results, the days now will come are days of wealth, joy, and celebration. There will be so much produce that the harvesting season will extend much, much longer than normal. The grape growers will meet the grain farmers, and the grain farmers will meet the grape growers. The grape harvest and the wine pressing season is usually in the fall, and it will continue through the winter because there will be so much. And they will meet the grain farmers planting their fields, and these grain farmers will have so much harvest that they will meet the grape growers in the fall. The famine that has devastated the land will be removed and the land will literally be dripping with wine and covered with mounds of grain. The exiles will return. Children will be born and grow up and children of their own. Cities will be rebuilt and the economy will not only be restored, but it will flourish. The book of Amos ends with the prediction of a final and permanent return and redemption. Unetatim al admatam Velo yintashu od me alad matam, asher natati lahem, amar Hashem alokecha. 
and I will plant them upon their soil, never more to be uprooted from the soil I have given them, says Hashem your God. Amen. May we see the fulfillment of this nevuah, bimhera biamenu, speedily in our days. Thank you for studying together. Le'ilui nishmat, Riva Schwab, Rivka, but Alexander Sender.